Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey guys, Dr. Santos here. <laughs> your pediatric infectious disease doc and your gosh darn PAMP. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to I had to bring it out from behind the paywall just a little bit. I hope you don't mind, Josh. I'm for those sorry. of you for those of you curious as to yeah. what his uh tickled Santos. So <laughs> yeah. I encourage yeah. you to uh help support us behind the paywall at five bucks a month and there will be bonus episodes full of what will apparently become inside jokes. Oh, and you yeah. don't want to miss out on that. Absolutely. We're, we're going to get into this a little bit, but all the stuff that stimulates your immune system, like the antigen and stuff, we call them, you know, they, we call them patterns. So pathogen associated molecular patterns or PAMP. And we were riffing on PAMPs. Hey, don't, don't back. pamper them too much. <laughs> That's true. We can't give everything we away. We want them to go pamp their account with us. That's true. <laughs> and subscribe. Yeah, so, exactly. We can't pamp your ride, but you can pamp your account. But as long as you are being tickled, let's move <laughs> yeah. to the nostrils. Because uh, I feel a certain something in the air. And oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Yeah, all those horrible f f that flu and the RSV and the para influenzas and the metanumoviruses. Yeah, it is respiratory viral season, Josh. New, don't, forget, don't forget new kid on the block who's overstayed their welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
You know what happens during respiratory virus season. Mm-hmm. We need to give out a brief, fun update on respiratory viruses. So Sweet. welcome to yeah. this year's the 2022 Influenza Special. <laughs> Achoo! <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to save that as a like a what do you call it? Like a drop <laughs> from now on. <laughs> yeah, this is we're we're doing something a lot journal clubby, but this is all focused in on influenza and some of its partners and stuff and, and respiratory viruses in general that haunt us during the fall and winter months. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, that's like about October to early March uh, up here. And then, you know, down South it's other months. I, well, I science imagine. Santos yeah. don't give away the science of seasonality just yet for you. Oh, see, yes. This influenza special will have, journal entries musical interludes not <laughs> provided by us or not sung by us <laughs> okay okay as yeah, well absolutely. as some etymology and fun old-timey words so oh i'm so happy to i'm excited about the old-timey words so let's get into our influenza special by starting mm-hmm. with something a little bit more serious when you have this new kid on the block who's overstayed their welcome they might decide they can uh fight it out with the big the bigger older kids and they turn into i don't know they challenge them on ufc wasn't there some social media person who did that oh there there have been lots of people yeah who've tried that i think jake paul was that was the one yeah semi-successful boxer right now but he's also like choosing his bouts very carefully and stuff well Um, yeah (laughs) it turns out that being infected with the latest variant or at least the last one we heard of right yeah because they're now varianting they're varianting more (laughs) curse you mcu yeah exactly Um, So it turns out that being infected with the Omicron variant of the coronavirus may give some protection against this year's flu. Yeah. For those at home who are keeping count, uh, we're talking about BA1 and BA5. Now, this does not by any stretch of the imagination mean run out to get one or the other. (laughs) That's absolutely true. (laughs) The best protection from viruses is vaccines, allowing you to then receive viral abstinence. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to tell you why in just a little bit. uh, But Martin Michaelis at the University of Kent and his colleagues collected bronchial cells from a person with emphysema or COPD. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you heard about me. (laughs) <laughs> but you want if you want to get a breath out of me, you can't have any gosh darn COPD. That's sure. not the line behind the paywall, by yeah. the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A condition where the lungs, air sacs are damaged, but the bronchi and the airways are largely unaffected. Yeah. Um, in a lab, those cells were then infected with the Delta variant, the BA1 Omicron variant, or the BA5 Omicron subvariant, which is the most dominant. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the last wave that hit the world. As a control, there was also some cells just treated with a saline solution. 
And mm-hmm. after two days, they then exposed the cells to the H1N1 strain of influenza virus, which mm-hmm. you may recall from such pandemics as 2009 to 10. Yeah. And now one <laughs> of the seasonal flu viruses that returns for a cameo every winter. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it is still part of our influenza vaccine annually now. It didn't used to be prior to 2009, but now we inoculate everyone everyone should be inoculated with the flu vaccine with the strains that are dominant during the winter months in the southern hemisphere so like they they precede us and they tell us what to use and then in in addition to that we still add the H1N1 pandemic antigens to the seasonal influenza antigens that that we kind of calculate and predict from the influenza that sweeps the southern hemisphere during their winter months which is our summer so it's it's now an integral part of every single annual influenza shot so after two days of infecting these lung cell lines from an immunocompromised person with all the most frequent or common substrains of covid they mm-hmm. then expose them all to h1n1 and yep. after one more day of letting them be infected with h1n1 they went back and measured all the levels in each of the little cell plates this is lab research at its most basic fascinating to read about <laughs> mind-numbingly boring to do <laughs> yeah so when you're cells are exposed to viruses, right? And this is not just your immune cells. This is all your cells. They produce chemicals in order to fight these viruses off and to signal to your immune cells that, hey, come here, I need help, I'm infected. And so essentially what you do is you challenge a cell. In this case, they used a control cell from uh, these basically biopsied cells from lung tissue from COPD patients and you challenge them with a stimulus. Um, and in this case, they're doing a serial stimulation. So they're doing a first stimulus with that Omicron variant and then a second follow-up stimulus with the H1N1 influenza particle. And in the dish, the, the cells that are sitting in the dish, they're going to secrete these signals. So they're, they're things called cytokines and more specifically interferons. And you can read those out chemically and say how much is being secreted when we challenge these cells. See? With these Mind numbingly. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> One day later, they yeah. measured the flu levels in all the cells. In the control cells and in those that had been infected by the Delta variant, H1N1 levels increased by roughly 10,000. So the infection became a super infection combining with COVID into a freakish mutant. Compared with no increase in the cells containing either of the Omicron subvariants, yeah. So it did produce this interferon response, which Santosh was going into. Yeah, exactly right. So essentially, the kind of long story short is if these cells were exposed to an Omicron subvariant and specifically an Omicron subvariant of COVID, all right, they, the, the cells went off and they secreted these interferons, right? And those interferons were active 
when the cells were exposed to influenza. And so the influenza was less able to attack these cells. And very interestingly, Josh, they tried a full on infection with these cells where they infected these cells with a, a true uh, Omicron infection. And then they slightly modified the experiment to do what's called an abortive infection, meaning that you you exposed the cells to Omicron, but, you know, kind of not as powerful. So essentially kind of like vaccinating them ahead of time. Um, and then still, you know, those cells had a strong, big interferon response. And if you expose those cells to, you know, flu, they were able to fight them off with all these little chemicals. Realistically speaking, if you ended up getting infected with the version of COVID this year, you mm -hmm. may be at slightly less risk of contracting the flu or have a shorter course, but you're still better off getting your flu vaccine. Right. And likewise, Josh, because we now have the bivalent boosters available from uh, actually both of the manufacturers that make the, uh, the, the RNA vaccines, the mRNA vaccines. So Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna, and because they contain the BA1 and BA5 strain variants, that likewise may be an extra little inoculum to protect you, not just against uh, the, the, the Omicron and, and hopefully other COVID infections, but maybe possibly might be a, a little bit of extra protection against influenza added to the precaution of your flu shot, not substitute. Moving on, let's have a musical interlude. Now I'm going to take you. I'm taking it back to the old school. Okay. I'm an old fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so cool. <laughs> if you're at risk for the flu, let me show you yeah. the way. We're heading back to the dust pneumonia blues with Woody Guthrie. <laughs> Whoop! There it is. Um, so all right, this is. All right. I'm going to play you a clip now. It's possible that future episodes, I don't think we'll have to take this down because this is for educational purposes. But sure, sure. It is a song by famous folk singer Woody Guthrie. Guthrie? Woody Guthrie. Uh -huh, Woody absolutely. Guthrie that yeah, deals yeah. with the compromised respiratory system of people <laughs> enduring the dust storms of Oklahoma in the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fantastic. Yeah, Woody Guthrie, just anybody wants to know, uh, 1912 to 1967, he was alive. And if you guys have ever heard the old, this land is your land, this land is my land, that one it, from in the here in the United States, the famous rendition is, is Woody Guthrie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So from the Library of Congress, the audio recording. <laughs> Without further ado, I present to you the Dust Pneumonia Blues. <laughs> I see under 29 men and women you will die from a disease, what the doctor called a flu. People die everywhere, death went creeping through the air. Father grown of the sick, you were saying. It was God's almighty hand, he is judging this old man. North and south, east and west can be seen. Yes, he gives the rich and poor, and he's going to give 
brought no sin. It was Memphis, Tennessee. Doctor said it soon would be. In few days, influenza will control. But God showed that he was hit, and he put the doctor in. And the nurse, they broke down with a slain. Wow. Are you able to hear it all right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's about a minute. The full song yeah. is two and a half. And the link will be included. It is actually free to download from the Library of Congress. So we're in the clear. Don't worry, folks. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how these songs got popular during this kind of period of time. There is – there's something like this which is, you know – it's about the Titanic going down. So it's not the Celine Dion song, but it's, you know, it was sad when that great ship went down to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> like husbands and wives, little children lost their lives. It was sad when that great ship went down. Right. It's, <laughs> it's a real toe tapper. Yeah. yeah. It really reminds me of this. I mean, this one was a little bit more like kind of slow and sad, but well, my favorite but- line was the, there ought to be some yodeling in this song, but I can't yodel for the rattling in my lungs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And, you know, poor Woody Guthrie, he was around before any antibiotics and before good recognition of viral infections. And, you know, we didn't have Oseltamivir or any of the others. So, you know, if you got sick from it and superimposed pneumococcal pneumonia with streptococcus pneumoniae you could die very easily and it doesn't matter how you how well you were beforehand so unlike covid which really really hits people who have a priori lung disease or diabetes or old age or something like that influenza can you know take anybody down high or low healthy young old it's a scary virus so Let's talk about how we do an influenza special and flu season. You hear that all the time. But have you ever asked yourself, why is there a flu season? And why is it winter? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like we're all cold and miserable and everything anyway. Why does it have to come around now? And more importantly, you're absolutely right. Why is it so kind of consistent um, and that's been disrupted over the like, past couple of years. You can set your but... very inaccurate watch by it. Yeah, that's true. So, and this respiratory viral season has come quite early. So the upswing in cases of all kinds of respiratory viruses, including influenza that's coming along for the ride, you know, we're usually expecting this kind of rise to come in mid-November, like a couple of weeks to four weeks from now. So there are shifts, there are changes, but fairly consistently over the winter until, Josh, until we got through this horrible pandemic and our seasonality got all kinds of scrambled. Yeah, no, everybody's off. But yeah. usually the flu season in the U.S. begins as early as October, but doesn't really hit its peak till December. 
yep, um, yep. ends around February or March. So, yeah. you know, it, it goes on spring break down to the Southern Hemisphere where the flu season falls between June and September. Yep. Uh, so our summertime is their wintertime. Yeah. In fact, even its name, Influenza, may be a reference to the original Italian Influenza di Fredo, meaning you betrayed me, my brother. <laughs> uh, what? No, no, no. Uh, meaning I influence... thought you were going to say, what a delicious cream sauce. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's a good one, yeah. too. <laughs> influenza di Fredo, a delicious cream sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's what you hack up when you have influenza. <laughs> um, meaning, so, yeah. meaning influence of the cold. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So... At, at, like because of the cold, you're getting sick, which was the the old thought, you know, that you get sick from the cold. Like this disease didn't even deserve a name. It's just what do you have? Oh, you know, the influence of the cold. <laughs> Poor thing. Its name was just straight up its description of when it happens. Of course, people have other theories about more of it's spreading, meaning we're indoors more often, allowing viruses to pass more easily. The cold, mm-hmm. dry air may weaken resistance. But all of this was just anecdotal evidence, hearsay, for lack of a better yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. We were, for, we were theorizing. And for many years, it was impossible to test this since most lab animals don't catch the flu like humans. And using humans as test subjects is generally frowned upon. You know, the last time yeah. we did it was <laughs> the 1919... Uh, influenza epidemic, pandemic, and uh-huh. people we talked about in our previous flu special were at vacation homes built by the government to be infected with the flu. It was a grand old time. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. around 2007, a researcher named Dr. Peter Palese, or if we're going to be offensively Italian, Peter Palese, sure. found <laughs> a peculiar comment in a paper from that 1918 flu pandemic, who noted that on the arrival of the flu to Camp Cody in New Mexico, all the guinea pigs in the lab began to get sick and die. Just as like an incidental, like as I was doing my army research and, oh, dang it, I've lost Fluffy. <laughs> right. And these were the lab animals that they were using as a kind of a model for infection. Importantly, not only did the guinea pigs exhibit flu symptoms, which Pelis learns when he inoculated them, but the yeah. virus could be transmitted from one guinea pig to another. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the cutest little, like, sneezes and wheezes that you'd ever hear, like, achoo! <laughs> and then, you know, dead. But, <laughs> but oh, that, that's a cute way to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Poor so things. from... From this research from all the way in the 1900s, or just this incidental comment in the 1900s, Dr. Police now had a model organism and began experiments to specifically get to the bottom of why is there a flu season? So first, he wanted to test whether it transmits better in a cold, dry climate than a warm, mm-hmm. humid one. Sure. So he placed guinea pigs in adjacent cages to allow it to spread, and the pairs of cages were kept at varying temperatures, 41 degrees Fahrenheit, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, and 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Oh, those Those, poor little hamsters just shivering there at 40 degrees. (laughs) Poor things. And a humidity of 20 to 80%. Okay, okay. 
um, he found from that experiment that the virus was transmitted better at low temperature and low humidity. Yeah, yeah. And this is what we had thought about previously, that when there's low humidity especially, then it's easier when we breathe out for those water droplets to suspend in the air and stick around. And that's what the flu virus lives in it in those little water droplets so if those water droplets stay suspended in the air for longer and can accumulate because it's dry meaning that you know there's there's less moisture so there's kind of room for them so to speak um i forgot my thermodynamics but that was something that we had ex- exactly what you're right josh we'd thought about that for a long time but we didn't actually have the proof well, in order to get that proof, because that theory still wasn't known at this time. And when we're talking this time, remember, 2007. Yeah. So <laughs> before, yeah, yeah. before people from my generation start feeling like we're crumbling into dust. This sure, is pretty sure. recent. Yeah, um, yeah. So <laughs> next, he tested the immune system of the animals to find out if the immune system functions poorly at low temperature and low humidity versus high. Right. But he found really no difference, which is fortunate mm. because then that would have even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Called into question, is this guinea pig specific? Or is this something now that we have to figure out, is the human uh, is the human immune system affected differently by heat? In this case, right. had no effect. So the reason from that came from another paper from the 1960s. That study tested the survival time of different kinds of viruses, meaning the amount of time the virus remains able to survive and capable of causing disease. And the results from that one suggested influenza survives longer, as you noted, at low humidity and low temperatures. So at 43 degrees Fahrenheit with those guinea pig cages, most of the virus was able to survive more than 23 hours, whereas at high humidity and a temperature of 90 degrees, even one hour, the virus was... Uh, no longer viable. Of course, in 90 degrees, what is? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) So you can kind of think of, you know, you sneeze into the air, right? And there's a water droplet. If it's already hot and humid out, that water droplet is either going to become really big, it's going to accumulate with, you know, the rest of the humidity in the air and actually drop and fall to the ground. Or there's going to be evaporation, right? But if it's cold, 
then, and, and especially if it's dry and cold, then that smaller water droplet containing all those millions of viruses is going to hang in the air for longer. And it's going to be able to float and transmit over a greater distance, or it might even stay in the same area and, you know, still be full of viable virus. Because if it desiccates, if it dries, then pretty quickly afterwards, that flu virus isn't going to be too viable. But if it's able to hang in there in the air, and then you walk in 18 hours later, and it's still hanging around in the air, and you inhale it, boom, you caught it. Now, both of these studies, the 1960, the 1918, and our meta overall 2007 study, are all supported by yet another one that reports higher numbers of flu infections the month after a very dry period. So mm. following a drought, or in California, fire season, as we like to call October. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And interestingly... This is only in temperate climates. When you get into tropical climates or subtropical, uh, yep. flu infection rates tend to correlate much more closely with high humidity and lots of rain. So, yeah, so it's, it's weird, Josh. Here in the CDC and the public health for the United States, you'll have various regions where influenza and other respiratory viruses are tracked, and then you'll just have Florida. <laughs> so it, it's its own region because its cycle is so so different especially for the virus uh, rsv or respiratory syncytial virus the seasonality and the patterns are so distinct from any of the rest of the country that it's given its own region nobody tells florida virus what to do <laughs> yeah florida virus don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's like the honey badger virus. Yeah. It, yeah. So that, yeah, it, it is a lot harder to track uh, when you're there in between the Tropic of Cancer and Capricorn, uh, you know, just those 20 something degrees away from the equator. Now, before we get into what I know Santosh has been waiting for, the old timey words we should bring Yay! back. Yeah. It's a flu special, and we have yet to tell people aside from encouraging them to get the flu vaccine. Yeah. What does the flu look like? Let's assume you were born in the last year, or maybe you've been indoors and not exposed to any form of outside stimulation <laughs> for the last, I don't know, two, three years. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's funny that you say that because there are, for instance, kids that were born during the pandemic or that their very first time. And there was a lot of distancing and a lot of masking, and they may not have experienced anything that would have resembled a flu. Not that they necessarily remember because you're going to forget those years anyway, but the parents would have grown up, you know, alongside their kids saying, I, I never had my, you know, the sniffles or the, the flu like thing that kids usually get when they're young. So what does a flu look like? How is it different from a cold? So a cold is going to be exactly what it sounds like. It's going to be cold, meaning that there's going to be minimal to no fever. That's the big hint right there. And most colds, 
these are all upper respiratory tract infections. Um, so they're going to hit your nose, your eyes, your throat. You're going to have a little bit of the scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, which is also called coryza. And then you may or may not have some conjunctivitis. So tearing up eyes, uh, mostly because you're stuffed up and your tear ducts can't drain. That's very why well. it's called a head cold. All the yes. upper respiratory tract is yeah. taking place above your neck. All, everything right up here. Exactly. When it starts to descend, then we have different respiratory infections. The big, you know, uh, division between a true classical influenza illness, or there are a lot of viruses that can mimic it. So sometimes we'll call it a flu-like illness until we've actually identified the flu using something like a PCR or antigen screening. So flu-like illnesses, you're going to incubate it for a while. There's going to be a higher incidence of high fever. So going up to 102, 103, a lot of myalgias, aches and pains. In the um, muscles. And, That's what myalgias yeah. are. That's it. Yeah. So myos, which is the muscles and algia, which is pain, right? So pain in the muscles, those are your aches and pains that you get chills and the fever, a lot more fatigue than you get with a head cold. So you're really kind of drained and tired. And then yes, those other symptoms will also accompany. So you're congested, you're stuffed up, you have the runny nose. And Josh, this is the big distinction. The colds, Okay. And by the way, influenza can cause a head cold if you're, if you have a mild manifestation of it. But if you're getting a classical flu or a flu like illness, the danger of it, especially with influenza, is now it can descend. It can cause a pneumonia. It's much more prone to. So a viral pneumonia. Or it can actually very insidiously hurt the cells of your upper respiratory tract, your lungs ability to actually like flush out, you know, mucus and all that kind of a thing. And now you can get superimposed bacterial infection. And that bacteria doesn't come from everywhere. It's actually the ones that live in your own mouth. And this is the one, aside from the flu shot, this is how we also fight those superimposed bacterial infections from pneumococcus and haemophilus influenzae by getting those vaccines when we're very, very young. So, so again, colds tend to be up in the head, upper mm -hmm. respiratory tract kind of above the neck. Flu is what we can call as this fictional middle respiratory tract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Falling, you know, parts can reach up into the head like a tree. And yep. then you have the branch going down and then parts can reach into the lower. But if you travel from one end to the other, now you get the lower respiratory tract. Those are your bad infections, such as our pneumonias and some of our more insidious fungal infections or TB, which likes to hang out everywhere. But that's not yeah. a seasonal thing. <laughs> it's, it's not a seasonal thing. But influenza really does... It, it tends to really crash an immune system and then the local defense mechanisms that you and I use all the time to keep these bacteria and these fungi up and out of our lungs. And so all of these really simple mechanisms, we've got something, Josh, called a ciliary elevator, which sounds awesome. And those are these little tiny parts of these cells that line your trachea and they beat just like a little 
flagella like a wave and they they lift up all these particles up up and out and so you can cough them out instead of having them down in your lungs and we do have immune cells in our lungs that surveil your lungs and keep them safe and these some can sometimes get inactivated by flu this is actually the thing that we're scared about so not always flu just by itself but the downstream consequences and that's why we say we preach prevention with that one and vaccination for those other bacteria that can chase you that we are now vaccine preventable. Um, and those, those diseases, thank God, Josh, those have gone way, way down in our vaccinated child population. Now that we know what the flu looks like and how it feels and how it affects us differently, Santosh, mm-hmm. we have reached the old timey section. Yay! So, <laughs> so we can we can describe all of these symptoms in an old timey type of a way. Well, I'll let you describe a few, but I figure yeah. we've gotten we've described so many different respiratory symptoms and so many coughs that I would start by going over many different words <laughs> for coughs. I, you know, when I read this, Josh, I got a little bit sad because. Wouldn't it be cool to actually be able to use a single word to describe what kind of cough you have? Like these, these words are not only really cool, they have a lot of utility. So Josh, Josh, if you have that, you know, just the tickle in the back of your throat and that one makes you cough. That was called a kiffle. Yeah, 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 that little, like that, that's a kiffle. That's a kiffle. Now, if you have that harsh, or a painful cough that's kind of deep, that's a hosk. <clears throat> like that kind of that Like kind you're of about thing. to hosk a loogie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that that might be still like a, a modern hangover, because you'll you'll hear it, it especially in the Midwest, a hawk a loogie kind of thing. It might be from that old English that kind of stuck around and, and mutated. But yeah, we've got that one. And then boke is another violent cough. So not just a painful cough, but actually it, it looks quite violent. You and almost if you, bend forward attacking, yeah. like you're attacking something. You're coughing yeah. so hard, like that kind yeah. of doubled over. Yes, yeah, exactly right. And where it's scary for other people when they're looking at you. And then if you cough and then choke on it, you know, like oh, like that kind of a thing. Josh, Josh, that is a workin or a verkin. No, Santosh, that's when something's not working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the the article that we found said, it's likely because you're eating too quickly, a word worth mentioning around the Christmas dinner table. As in, hey, don't cram that Christmas turkey down your throat or you'll work in. Is it worth <laughs> it? Let me work in. Let me aspirate it and reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, maybe that's what Missy was trying to say the whole time. <laughs> we were all misinterpreting <laughs> misinterpreting her rap. She was just trying to bring back old-timey words for cough. <laughs> now, I know you mentioned that slight tickle in the throat is to kiffle, which is okay, adorable. Right. But if yeah, you yeah. want something that's a little bit more descriptive, like a dry tickling cough. Oh, yeah, uh, as opposed to like a wet type of sensation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or just that sensation. If you just have that little tickle in your throat, but it's not enough, you can suppress it, you can ignore it. That's a kiffle. Yeah. 
Oh, got it's it. It's like okay. a sneeze you hold in, a snarl, if you will. <laughs> got it. Okay. Also, the name for the ring in a bull's nose. Uh, oh, oh, the, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's well. We'll get into that in a moment. Uh, yeah. But if you have a dry tickling cough, it's okay, known okay. as a tisic, like All a, the... <laughs> like when you make the sound tisk. Tisk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the smoker's cough is a tisic. Got it, got it. Or when Zoolander caught the black lung. Uh, I think he was kiffling. <laughs> he was he was kiffling? Okay, got it, got it. I, I feel like I feel like if we're going down famous movie coughs, the Zoolander okay. cough would be a, a kiffle. It'd be a, a deeper, like down into the lungs kind of a or no no, it was it was still a tickle cough. Okay, got it, got it. That was a kiffle rather than um, a tissic. Maybe he had a got few tissics. Gotcha. Sorry, sorry. I, I, while we're talking, I almost forgot. Okay, so kiffle and tissic are up in the throat, and then hosk and boke are the deep, painful, violent type of a cough. And then when you're almost choking, you're verkin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What else? What else? Because that's just one aspect of the flu. Sure, sure. Now, okay. let's say you're in the early stages of the flu, or you're taking okay. care of someone who has the flu. You're uh-huh. not quite unwell, yeah, but you're still not feeling your best. Yeah, yeah, you're you're getting sick, or we'll sometimes say in medical speak, you'll say you're incubating an illness, or it's brewing. Yeah, so I mean, you're not quite sick, you're not quite well... You're half and half. You're sick. I'm so hot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm in hell. <laughs> exactly. Caught okay, another so- flu season. I've, I think the virus coming to get to me. Get me. <laughs> Vaccinate like you never met me. <laughs> I'm poking underground with the. It's not the gosh darn it's not. So I love how you take it. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is the half well, half sick. Like you're getting there, but you're not quite there. That's known as ovish. Like you're awful ish. You're offish. Oh, that's that, that's like a portmanteau. That's fantastic. I love that. Okay, so you're just oh. ovish. You're you're hanging in there. You're just ovish. But now. This one's even better, similar okay. in the vein to Avish, because you're right. That can be a little awkward to say on the tongue uh, these uh-huh. days. So if we go back sure. to the glossary of provincial and local words in 1839, yeah, we have a word that means indifferently well, okay. which is frobly mobly. Okay, now well, I, you're just pulling you today? my leg. How are you today, Santosh? I'm frobly mobly. I have a kiffle, perhaps even a tissic. <laughs> what? What if? Uh, could Could I simplify frobly mobly if I'm if I don't want to if it doesn't roll off the tongue as easily? Can we? Well, can we just I go suppose like. Suppose yeah? you can just go frobly. You don't have you to. You can mobly. just go for. <laughs> You can drop the R too. I hear you can just go fobbly mobbly or fobbly mobbly. Yeah, you you can go you can go fobbly mobbly. <laughs> okay, 
That's fantastic. See, but the the beautiful thing is I love these words where if it was part of our culture still and everything, and it's just instantly recognized, you're describing so much in four syllables, right? So nowadays with modern slang and everything, you can just say, ah, that looks sus. And automatically, you know, the the person who knows what sus means, like it, it encompasses so much. It's not just short for suspect. Yeah, but frobly mobly or frobly mobly. I love it. It's this is this is uh, we got to bring these back, Josh. No cap. <laughs> no cap, Santosh. No, no cap. No cap. <laughs> oh, um, fine. <laughs> now, now we're going to close out uh well with one of my favorites. We got at least one other after this, but um, Okay, okay. We already talked about Hosk is more okay. of a Anglican dialect, more the German or Old English is a host or host. And it can be combined with another word, not into a portmanteau, but a, I don't know, combination word. Combination word. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Okay. With the verb kink, which means get your mind out of the air. Okay. To To cough convulsively. Again, if something is kinked, oh. it is bent or deviated. And if you are kinking, you are coughing convulsively. <laughs> but yeah, as yeah. that might be a little hard to say, if you combine a cough that bends you over convulsively, you are, according to 19th century vocabulary of East Anglia, kinkhosting. <laughs> Uh, because you you literally bend over that convulsive cough. Pertussis is an example of this whooping cough where you cannot hold it back. It's just, you know, it just, as soon as the sensation comes on, it just rocks you and you have to, you know, that kind of a thing. So yeah, yeah. I guess if, if it's so violent and then it bends you in two, it's doing both things. It's kinking you and it's hosting you. So you get a kink host. <laughs> upside down oh. inside out king host pop to coffee what it's all about <laughs> oh german german fans don't add us we're just we're, we're very we're, we're, this is all this is all out of love and respect you have to believe us <laughs> <laughs> we we really do if you could see our face right now we are grinning ear to ear and finally, if some, oh, finally. if some or all of those apply, it mm-hmm. might be worth noting that the term for restless boredom that oh. comes from being, and specifically the restless boredom that comes from being unwell or confined to your bed or home or quarantined, is called, Go- oh. is called a lesum. A-L-Y-S-M, and (laughs) probably the likely derivation or proto-word for asylum, a place you go to rest and recuperate in bed. But elizam is just that (laughs) boredom you get from, oh, I've been sitting in bed for so long, or I've been sitting around doing nothing for so long, (laughs) and I just, I have this feeling, which, uh, yeah, yeah, itchy skin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's it's cabin fever, but from illness. Very cool. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> that concludes this year's influenza special. 
Yeah, uh-huh. Uh -huh. So we're asking you guys to please go get your vaccines so you don't suffer from the kink host and get stuck inside because of quarantine and then suffer alisum. Right. The last thing you want to be doing is caught kinking, especially in public. <laughs> it's keep not that acceptable kink, Keep anymore. that kink host away. <laughs> especially yeah. because I don't want to be all frobly mobly. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You just. You don't want to be walking into work all frobly mobly or frobly mobly. So cover your tissics and kiffles. Uh huh. <laughs> get vaccinated before you get boke. <laughs> oh my god, Josh! I'm gonna throw in just one more, only just because um, I had seen it while we were researching all of these, and this was my absolute favorite, and it's from the Scots. And this is the feeling of discomfort or fidgetiness when you're sitting in a cramped position. Like if you're stuck on the airplane, you get the cruci pruchlies. <laughs> so if you're stuck all by yourself and you're sick, you get you get a lesum. But if you're if you're traveling and you have to sit in those horrible, uncomfortable seat, you get the cruci pruchlies. Isn't it fantastic? <laughs> so that's it for this week. For small little bonus snippets of fun, be sure to follow our plus version of the show for only Please $5 do. a month. Other than that, you we always not regret it. Other than that, we'd love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. As always, this show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santosh and friends. Our music is composed by Rachel Leisure. If you'd like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes along with links for further reading. And until next time, wash your hands, get your shots, flu, COVID, really whatever they're offering. We're, we're doing this to help each other and you out. Seriously. We're not, we're not just like throwing these around people. Get your flu shot. Wash your hands, yes, a second time. I don't care that I said it already. <laughs> and when you've done all that, start looking up that family or friend you haven't seen in a while. Find a good place to travel or find a good place to go. And as always, happy travels. Bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.